Chef Boyardee is Poe's mentor. <laughs> <laughs> At that point, it was always going to be Leia. Could have been Baby Yoda. <laughs> wow, what a huge oversight. There's just a hole in the Death Star. Like, what the heck? You know, just like board that up or something, you know? And jumped onto Wikipedia. I was like, oh, there it is. I refused to get on the Wook, um, as, as Jared lovingly refers to it. You're listening to the Star Wars Archives, a Utini.com Patreon-exclusive podcast. Your regular deep dive down the rabbit hole of the Star Wars universe. Discussion, analysis, Easter eggs, and obscure books you've never heard of. And now, here are your hosts, Jose and Trevor. Hello there! You have tuned into episode 70 of the Star Wars Archive, Utini Network podcast where we take a random Star Wars topic and explain the living banter poodoo out of it. I'm Trev, keeper of the timeline pages over at utini.com. I've spent my entire life consuming Star Wars media and I've read over a thousand Star Wars books and comics. And joining me today... It's me, your usual co-host, Jose. <laughs> <laughs> you typically say something about me before I say it's Jose. Anyways, um, I have not spent my entire life consuming and collecting as many Star Wars things as my co-host here, but that's why I just tend to disrupt whatever insightful and random Star Wars factoid Trev is talking about. Now, um, my dear, our dear listeners, as you all know, we here at the Star Wars Archives, you know, we're, we're not afraid of trying out different things here and there with our episodes, and today might be one of those episodes because we have a guest with us that is not necessarily best known for his contributions to Star Wars as a whole, but <laughs> for his music. So, Trev, why don't you kind of... Be, I don't want to get too much into it right now, so why don't you let our listeners know who this guest is and how we came about to like have him here. So, joining us on the show today, now you've heard me nerd out about chatting to various Star Wars authors whose work I've read for years. Now, this is a different level for me. So he's one third of a British rock band who've enjoyed a 30-year career of platinum-selling albums, number one singles, sell-out tours all across the world, and a tenuous connection to Star Wars from the <laughs> earliest years to much more recently. But more on that later. Welcome to the show, Mark Hamilton from Ash. How are you doing? Glad to be yeah, we're, here. We're, we're good. <laughs> Great, yeah. So, Mark, um, you know, as I said, you know, I'm sure that our listeners are wondering why we have a, a rock star in here and why you're a good fit for this quirky Star Wars um, podcast. But you know, as you know, as we said before the, we started recording, right? Like, this is not going to be your standard music journalism interview. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, why don't you let us know? Trev, like exactly how you came to ask him to our show. And Mark, let us, after he kind of says his little thing here, why don't you let us know why, like what you thought when some random dude asked you if you wanted to be in a Star Wars podcast? Of course. So, yeah. So in Ash's early days, a lot was made of the fact that you guys were massive Star Wars fans. And after watching a band recently at an event we'll talk about later, I reached out to your official Twitter and Rick suggested I reach out to you on Instagram because you were the hardcore Star Wars fan of the group. Yeah, that would be correct. <laughs> <laughs> Just you? Because a lot, well, you know... 
Well, I know, Action I mean, Star Wars were a, was a big link in the day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess our first album was called 1977, and that was obviously it was the year we were born, but it was also you know, yeah. the year Star Wars was released. And we made we made a lot of it, but at the time that we were like big fanboys, I guess the start of the album, um, which kind of went went number one in the UK. And like you know, plat- platinum in a number of countries. So there was like a lot. An of, amazing like, album, by the way. Yeah, there was a lot an of amazing album. Thank you. There was a lot of like media attention on us, and they really made quite a lot, a lot out of the fact that we were like Star Wars fanboys. And uh, I think it was probably because the very beginning of the album, there was the, the we sampled the Tie Fighter off like an old VHS tape <laughs> we had. So, so this album... is one of my first questions: Was that an authorized sample? Did you have to get that? Did your record label get that signed off? No, 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 no. It was like <laughs> I, I, it was the 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 um the philosophy was just the apologize later, and the, <laughs> and and we didn't get it cleared, but then. Because we were doing really, you know, the album did really well. It would have been a real bad yes. look for like, oh, let's sue those teenagers kind of thing. So especially when we were like basically out promoting those the special editions around the time, and uh, like, we oh, yeah, it would have been, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got we ended up getting invited to the to the premieres of all those um, special editions and stuff. So I was and got to meet George back then as well so like oh wow was, oh wow it all it, it, it panned out for us pretty well <laughs> <laughs> so rather than yeah exactly rather than getting sued we actually got you know it it, it, it there was um I'd say there's more. There was definitely more pros than cons to it so that's incredible I mean one of my overriding memories of this album is so it came out when you guys were what 17 when it was released yeah or had you turned 18 yeah, 17, I was 18 18- I was 18, so I'm a year older. I was born in 76. I was, you know, trying to learn guitar. I was working in a motorway service station. And this album comes along by three guys who are a year younger than me that's so accomplished and such a banger of an album. Oh, geez. I, I, I hated how much I liked it. <laughs> yeah, um, it, came out, it came out at that time. It was the, it was the summer of 96, I think it was, was it? Yeah. Is that right? It, but I mean, the '90s are blurry for for us. Well, no, '96. I would have been twenty. So... Oh, it must be '95. I think '94. Yeah, '95. Um, that trailer yeah, came but... out. The, the mini album came out on '94, so it must have been '95. Yeah, and yeah. um, so obviously you had the Tie Fighter as an intro. So listeners, you can see how we're talking Star Wars already. So you have the Tie <laughs> Fighter as an intro. The last song on the album was called, called Dark, Side, Dark Light Side. Side Light Side. Yeah. So is that? a star wars song because i've listened to the lyrics many there times, is like you know it, and three, you can make that connection well yeah there is at the very end of the song there's like an instrumental outro section and, and you actually hear tim's guitar play the the main you know the, 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 the yes. whole thing so it's in there as well um but then i've also heard tim say that the lyrics are about a relationship that goes wrong or you know a you know, a oh yeah, yeah. lyrically, I, there's no real nothing in the lyrics about Star Wars in that one. Oh, okay, but, um, but there is like that that little motif at the end, which is was deliberate. So, who chose the title? Um, I think it's because the song has had is it was very like two parts kind of. There was like a quite heavy kind of like riff, which was like the the main verse, and then at the end there was this kind of like anthemic, more melodic thing. So it just seemed like like this year. It was just like it, it just. I think we just sort of said, start, 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 dark side, light side, and it just stuck. Didn't really think too much about it. 
So we've got um wasn't that deep. So we've got we've got a TIE fighter, we've got a dark side light side title, and then we've got the B side to girl, girl from, from Mars. Mars. Yeah. So Girl from Mars was the single which really things things really took off for us in the UK because yeah. it was like a breakthrough I guess a breakthrough single like into like the mainstream charts and getting on top of the pops, which was like this big sort of like chart TV thing. And um so it it was like I think just it just sort of scraped the top ten in the UK, and then the B side was the Cantina band music from, you know, John Williams wrote it. So uh, we space, did um space jazz. We did know? a we did a special fiftieth episode um, patron exclusive episode a while back that was all about Star Wars music that exists in the Star Wars universe. But every now and again, I'd pull it out, and I played this to the rest of the guys. Jose, you love this track, right? <laughs> I was surprised that this was Star Wars music when you played it. I was like, "Wait, where? Why have I missed this? <laughs> like, where is this playing?" Well, yeah, it didn't exist in Star Wars, but it, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a it's a very flange heavy yeah. cover of the Cantina song. Yeah, I was gonna say we were actually working with a producer who mixed the beat, the A side, Garth Mars, and uh, I'm not, is that I'm not... Owen Morris? No, um. Owen recorded it. It was mixed by someone else. Um, okay. I'm not going to say who mixed it just because I don't want to like, you know, throw shit or anything. But we were in the <laughs> B- we were in recording and he was supposed to record the B-sides on in the same session as the mix. And we started to record it and he was just like, this is too wild. I'm not doing it. And, and basically was like... Really? And, and just was like, basically left the session. And then we were wow. like... And then we were like... But but he had done his main job, which was the mix of the A side. I think he was just like, I'm not wasting my time with this B side. It's too, too crazy. <laughs> and uh, so then we got all we called Owen, and he actually came came into the studio, and then we ended up recording the whole thing. So um, it was a couple. Of, it was quite it's quite messy, but I think there was like, um, yeah, I think we because it's like for us, you know, we were just sort of like indie rock band and. And this is basically jazz music, so it was a very mm-hmm. different, very different. You know, our musical competency was being tested just to be able to play this song. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, but it's really complex as well. Like you know, oh, it's it a couple of really differing parts, some massive changes in sound. Yeah, there's hundreds of notes in the song all over the place. <laughs> so it's like that. It's you know, it took took a lot of like just memorization of, of you know. Because for someone who I kind of like, I kind of memorize songs just from what they look like, rather than I'm not classically trained, so I don't know scales and stuff like that. So a lot, it literally is. I've got to memorize all these notes in a row. So it was like it was hard work, but I've played it so many times now that I, I can play it in sleep. <laughs> so who's I? I mean, I, I hear that all of you guys are have your own level of Star Wars nerd dumb or, or like but whose idea was it to then do this as a, as a b-side and and was everyone else like on board right away or or was it just like unanimous you know like yeah i mean you gotta remember around this time star wars was was very like cult it was it wasn't yeah. It, it, yeah. it had been mainstream and then it kind of died off and this is before the special editions and stuff mm-hmm. so um I mean, I had still collected all the toys, and and there was like the talk of you know the special editions was rumors of things coming, but it was still quite underground. And um, we had, I had a box set 
a CD box set of, I think it was like a three or four CDs in this box set. And it had like all the different versions of, of the, there was like two different Cantina Band versions and lots of different versions of the different John Williams stuff. Yeah, and it was I was on there, and we were me and Tim were just like listening to it going this because because obviously there's like parts that are in the movie, in mm-hmm. the New Hope, but there's lots of there's lots more to those to those songs that are not in the films, and we were yeah. like just listening to it going, this is crazy. This music, <laughs> you know, because you've never never it was literally never heard it until we got these CDs. Yeah, and well, uh, and, then, and then we thought yeah. wouldn't it be wild to record this and try and do it? <laughs> and but d- did you have so were you? like rehearsing it or practicing it trying to learn it for fun before you decided to put it on a b-side or did you just suddenly go we need a b-side let's learn this insane jazz compilation <laughs> yeah well i think our our approach to b-sides was always just a sort of like um get be experimental and try things out that you wouldn't necessarily do otherwise yeah so um if i mean if you look back over our old history of b-sides it gets very varied and uh, i think we just when we heard the music you know the full versions of the songs on that on that box set i was like what about we try to record this and tim was like yeah it would be a real it'd be quite a challenge but we should try and do it um <laughs> nice and and yeah that was that it was just it was basically set on a challenge for ourselves well now that you're you know a couple of decades after that happened do you feel like i mean it's worked out well for you guys but do you yeah, think oh, that yeah. at that time it was more sort of like youthful naivete where you're like yeah we can do this let's let's do this challenge whereas the now moment, you would have been a little bit of a- <laughs> yeah the moment i knew it was a good idea was whenever yeah. we ended up being invited to play at the rap party of the phantom menace and we ended up playing mm. on a purpose-built stage in the Naboo theed hangar playing cantina wow. band to george lucas and the, the cast and crew and that was like yeah we're good <laughs> did you did you actually think life's never going to get any better this is why i joined a band so i can be playing in Star Wars. yeah that was like it was one of that was that night was pretty um what would you call it like that was bucket moment less bucket less stuff you know yeah yeah i can only imagine i mean that's amazing yeah um it, also because we hadn't seen anything there was obviously there was like a lot of stuff on the old yeah certain forums like um, uh, like prequel leaks and stuff from before yeah. the Phantom Menace, but there wasn't. And th- I mean, we were going on that set and seeing things for the first time and just being like, "Whoa!" Yeah. <laughs> oh wait, yeah, I've I've just clicked. You you said the rap party. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, wow, that's that's yeah. an insane level of being invited behind the curtain. Yeah, absolutely. So that was that was bit that was that was um stuff with dreams for you know off of the time so so why don't we let's why don't we take it back a little bit and so we know that your first album now especially for our listeners now they know how you're massively connected really to star wars but why don't we take it back a little bit and um something that we like to ask all of our guests is you know how were they how were you first introduced to star wars like what was the first movie tv show like were you watching the ewoks cartoons in the 80s did you have toys i mean so no, why don't yeah. we talk a little bit about that yeah so i would have been like i was born in 77 so i would have mm-hmm. been too young to have like experienced a new hope in the cinema 
But mm-hmm. around the time of the Empire Strikes Back being released, so I would have been like three, almost four, maybe. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember my my parents, because we were from the north of Ireland, we were, we were on vacation down in Dublin. And Empire Strikes Back had just hit the cinemas. And there was a double bill of Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. And my mom took me to see that. And I was so young, I don't, I, I didn't last very long into the film. I just like fell asleep. But I, I, <laughs> I vividly remember the 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 whole opening scene and and you know, the the blockade run the blockade runner and the star destroyer and then Vader and the stormtroopers, you know, coming on the um Tanti four and or is it, is it? I keep getting confused. Is it Tanti five or Tanti four? Tanti four. Tanti four, right? Um, I'm getting, I'm getting, yeah, I was getting mixed up with something else. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so that was like that was like my first exposure to Star Wars, and yeah. and and straight after it, you know, I don't think I can't remember if my mom watched both films, but whenever she left, she took she woke me up and took me to this toy shop, and I remember I, I remember seeing like the wall of counter figures. In, mm-hmm. and and just being like in complete awe of it all and but i remember so like from the start of the film the ones i remembered were the stormtroopers and Darth Vader. so i got those like first day <laughs> and then we went back to the hotel and my mom and dad went to the bar and i was like up in the bedroom and i remember just staring at the back of the the card back so that was like that was the start of my trajectory mm. trev now where did you since you guys are only a year apart Trev, did you did you also see uh, Empire in theaters, or what was? I can't remember what your first. One no, was. I've I've I'd never seen a Star Wars movie in a theater until the special editions because really? I lived in the ass end of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing, I was talking to Jose before we started about a possible photo shoot you guys did with Enemy, as you know, in that nineteen seventy seven era, where you were on a bed that had like a Star Wars duvet cover, and you were surrounded by toys. Did I dream this? <laughs> was it not the enemy did this actually happen no there was there was i think i think there was some that that photo shoot happened it was probably around 95 96 in in the british music press um i can't remember myself which which was in i think it was either melody maker or enemy or select magazine yeah or one of those yeah yeah, because I, yeah. I was so, looking that up and I couldn't find it, and I'm like, Trev, are you sure this happened, or is this just <laughs> you're like your your wishful thinking? <laughs> that, that, that. No, if you look on the Ash Instagram, there's like a someone someone okay. screenshot it, or there's a there's a picture of okay, it. Okay, because I I googled the hell out of it today. <laughs> so no, yeah, I think it, it might have been Select Magazine. Okay, I think maybe that's so. Okay. So I'm understanding that you know you were the main Star Wars fan in the band. How did the rest of the guys feel that the two things kind of encroached at that point? Um, I mean, the other two were still fans. It was just a different level of like, you know, I was like on a different different level, I guess, because yeah. I had sort of I collected all the toys and stuff from from a kid, and then I mean, yeah. Tim had Tim had a big collection of toys himself, and so did Rick. Like they both got like solid collections of the old Kenner stuff. Yeah, but I then went on a like crusade to get to, to sort of like i called me me and my dad we called around all the toy master shops all over ireland and got like a got like a trailer and drove around um whenever there was uh you know whenever 
died down and and got a lot of stuff for very very cheap oh um, nice and then i sort of like traded a bunch of stuff over to some of the dealers in the uk because i didn't there's a lot of things that especially stuff that came from the states which was never released in the uk, in the UK yeah. i was able to sort of be able to sort of like do a lot of swapping and trading and, and and build up a collection of basically everything so do you still have that collection yeah i've got two lockups one in the states and one in the uk <laughs> so so the one question i have to ask now is do you have where are those the full... no well no 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 um <laughs> do you do you have the full is it 117 original kenner star wars figures oh yeah do you have a more. full set yeah yeah i've got i've got multiples of them multiples of a full run yeah no i don't have them all carded because oh, wow. i used to like rip them open and just play with them yeah i wasn't i wasn't worried about keeping them pristine so i don't i mean i've got i've got multiples of i've probably got like three or four sets of the entire run oh wow yeah <laughs> i mean you you look at some of the ebay auctions for like a yeah. you know a carded snaggle tooth or um the the what's the ah uh, it's where I, I feel like a fake fan What's the yellow and green guy the, from the last man. 17? A uh, man of man, yes. Yeah. So I don't have any of the original Kenner carded figures just because I was never really interested in keeping them like, in that quality, yeah, in that condition. Yeah. I'd, I'd but, be the same. I'd just want them on my shelf. Yeah, I, I was I was all about setting them up into big dioramas and actually playing with them. So I remember my parents went away on vacation once and me and my friend, who was also a big Star Wars fan, we got all my, my collection out and set up different like planets in, in different rooms of the house and completely turned the house upside down and like oh, had right. like like a, like a, almost like a 10 day battle just playing out this huge like <laughs> this like role play like with the, all the figures it was brilliant That's but so, um, I, yeah. I i have another question now and this may I'm, I'm not sure how on the you know on the same level we'll be here what about the because if you do have these, I'm just going to be even more insanely jealous. What about the droids and Ewoks figures? And um, I've got or specifically I've the got... droids, the cartoon figures. Yeah, I, you know what? I I never they just didn't interest me. They were kind of. See, like... I, I never saw them as a kid. I didn't even learn about these until I was well yeah. into my twenties. Yeah, there's a, and they're so they are like quite hard to find those cartoony looking ones, but now yeah. they're like um. There's quite a there's quite a few custom toy makers who are, who've re you know redone them and then also actually made the custom versions of the 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 second wave which never got released. Yeah, I've, so, I've seen these. Is it a, yeah. the next seventeen? Um, they're next they're making figures that should no. have or could have come. Okay, so next seventeen does good work. They did E Font Mon and a bunch of yep. um a bunch of other ones like uh, there's they just put out um. They're actually at the minute they're they're putting out six of the cantina um guys that weren't ever released. So oh, they're okay. doing they're doing Wu, they're doing Doctor Evzen and the uh, the the Devil's Horn guy. I can't remember all their actual names. Uh uh Labra Labria. Labria Labria, no, Labria no. yeah. Yeah. And then there was, and the horn, the, two, the guy with the two horns, turps on flag or something. I can't. Mm -hmm. I, you, see these, you see these written down, you don't know how to say them. You don't know I, how to I know. That, that's one thing I get on this podcast all the time is that there'll be a word or a name that I've read for years. I and mean, then the first time I have to pronounce it, I realize <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, exactly. 
so that the next 17 are doing some great work and they're doing those at the minute i'm looking forward to getting those because like i've got like a, a bunch of cantina setups and i just want to fill that out even more and um i don't know if you know stan solo they do like these simply yes. there are the they're the they're the gold standard for, they do like, a lot of reaper don't they well, he reproduction start, stuff. He's that's he kind of started off doing that, but now he's moved into more like doing like creating figures, but that never the Kenner never did. So um, this year they've they're doing the Rebel Fleet Troopers, they're doing the Dagable look. He's doing um, Darth Vader with the removable helmet from Return of the Jedi. Oh. He's doing a movie accurate Greedo because the Greedo kind of released never really. I mean, it didn't quite look like Greedo in the in the movie, so he's doing like a, a better version of that. Um. Oh, who else is he doing? He's doing. Uh, he did an absolutely phenomenal Slave Leia, which is probably in my top five figures ever. And oh, also, wow. he did a really good Ula and Garandan. He's like knocking it out of the park with the figures he's releasing. Um, so I would. He's not really check... on my radar, so I'm gonna have to check that out because even though I don't, I don't buy. Like, I sold my childhood collection when I was. Uh, late twenties, early thirties. Mm-hmm. You know, just because it it was taking up space, I didn't really didn't yeah need it. So I was more about the books and comics. Um, so I s- sold all my stuff. But I I really like I'm on these Facebook pages, and I really appreciate what fans are doing. Like the yeah the baby Wampa that the um oh the yeah Next seventeen guy does. I'm like, no one needed a baby Wampa, but I'm glad <laughs> yeah. it exists. <laughs> So Stancil also just made like a perfect um counter style Bantha, which is phenomenal. Yes, and yes, I've seen that. I have amazing. seen that. It is amazing. It is uh, is really, really great. And um Because it's plastic yeah, molded as opposed to the actual official Kenner Bantha that they made in the nineties, which had fake hair and looked well, it looked crap, let's be honest. <laughs> oh yeah, I've yeah, I've got like about I think I've got four of those fur- furry ones. <laughs> like the the hairy ones that they put out. Um uh-huh. but this one, oh yeah, Stan Souls one looks like an old canner, like proper like yeah. steel mold. Yeah, yeah it's, it's 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 perfect. And um he also put out I don't know if there's like if you remember in New Hope, there's like a little white, almost like ball spaceship outside the cantina. It has like a couple of round yeah, windows. Yeah, on. I know. Because they um, that was a leftover prop from an old TV series. I can't remember what. Or okay, maybe so two thousand one. He 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 made like a toy of that, which is per- again perfect. It's just just looks and feels like an old Kenner toy. Um, so his attention to detail is fantastic, and his carded figures like they're they're better quality than than a Hasbro can produce. So do you have all these? Do you have them uh like? on some of these on like some sort of display diorama like you mentioned like you you like to play with yeah them. are they out? so the, so the stand solo stuff i mean they they all fit seamlessly into the old vintage counter stuff so i got like loose versions of it all and i can set up dioramas with that and the great thing about i mean if you think about old counter counter collections uh, if you've had them for like 30 years 30 40 years yeah. you've had the same figures for this you know you haven't had a chance to really add anything to them for the last 30 40 years yeah. Now he's creating new figures, which just breathes new life into the whole range. That's cool. Um, so you get set up, you know, completely new scenes, but with figures that look like they should be there, you know. Yeah. Um. And and he's done like about 
I think we ten or fifteen different Astromax and yeah. different protocol droids and yeah, it's, it's and a couple there's there's more. I I kind of know what he's got in the pipeline and he's he's doing really exciting work. That's really cool. And and you also said mentioned before that we started recording that you were also collecting um or have a, a quite a massive collection of the comic books too, right? Yeah. So I mean, guess but what, way back in the early nineties, the Dark Horse sort of like took the got must have got the license um, after the original Marvel runs and so I just started collecting those as soon as I saw them coming out and got all those and I'm just been collecting them ever since I've always been you know I was always going to comic book stores and okay so so that, Star Wars was just the one that obviously because I, I I was just consuming it it was like new yeah. Star Wars stories it was like <laughs> It was so. So, so have you always thought, been a fan of the Star Wars books and comics? Did you read through Legends as it's known now? Or did you always yeah. keep up to date? So I try. I mean, I when I, I read the Thrawn the Thrawn trilogy, and then I read the, a bunch of the X Wing novels and uh, and the you know the Tales from Mos Eisley and Tales yep. from Jabba's Palace and a bunch of them. There was a certain point where I just fell off. I can't remember. It was probably. Through the bark, or I can't remember which one it was, but I just, I think it just all Space started. Dinosaurs. Whenever I think when it got to the Yuuzhan Vong and stuff, I was just a bit like, um, sorry, get a bit weird. <laughs> yeah, it, it really did. It really did. Yeah, I mean, I so, still um, read the comics and stuff, but I, I think I just the books were just getting too, too strange. I. I yeah, at one point I just sort of fell off the novels, and then, um, but I still collected them all. I remember buying the books. There's a whole bunch of the novels I've got that I've never even read. <laughs> I mean that that does become a thing when you're a Star Wars fan. That's a very common thread. Yeah, because I'm a bit, community. I'm, a bit like, you have that just OCD. Want every book. Yeah, you got like that OCD thing where you just you yeah. don't want the like not you don't want that gap in the collection, you know. Yeah. So have well, you I mean, um have you read any of the the new Disney? Uh, canon novel. I'm trying to think which ones are read. Um, I've got the most recent one I got was Shadows of the Sith. Was that right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I got that one again. I I haven't read it, <laughs> but it, <laughs> but it's the one that I I bought the hardcover of that one. Um, the books you see I, I said earlier like I'm much more on the visual side of things so yeah. the books that I lo absolutely love and will just sit and stare at for hours on end is the Abrams uh, art off books yeah so I've got I've yeah. got all of those I've got like the because um, I guess whenever I guess they started putting those out whenever Disney took over yeah the, so um, it, yeah you've got the art of the films you've got the art of Solo the, the art of a High Republic one if you're not in, I haven't if, I haven't got that one yet. I, I if you don't not, know about the High Republic, it's it it is incredible. Because I I do have all the High Republic comics, but and I've got all the other. Oh, they're comics. so good. I've read the first because I think the first one was about fifteen, wasn't it? Uh yeah, two thousand fifteen. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I think there was fifteen issues in that first kind of like first art big arc. Oh uh. Yeah, yeah, fifteen issues, uh, three graphic novels, but then you've also got the yeah. High Republic Adventures from yep. IDW. From IDW, which, yeah, I've got which, all of those. I've got which them all. Are absolutely, inc for essentially an, a kids-friendly comic, 
that comic did some heavy lifting. The artwork's fantastic. The storylines are fantastic. I like the, I like the bit. The one that I liked out of the higher public the most was that whenever they went on that ship and the Drenger had obviously killed, like, there was like some huts in there and it was like very yes. horror kind yep. of vibe. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Was like, that, was a, that was a nice, that was a good one. And the yeah, artwork was, was a, really good in that. If I think one, the problem one with the thing, higher public, yeah, the, the problem with the higher public for me, right, is that there was just so many characters, so many new characters. It was, yeah. yes. to keep, it was too much. And across all of the different plot, across the novels and then the different the different titles, and you know, obviously you got the IDW stuff and then you got the Marvel stuff. It was just so many to keep track of. And then whenever you also had like five consecutive sort of like inter interweaving like stories in the main Star Wars mm-hmm. art, it was. I mean, I I was just focused on that for the most part. So as there's a lot of higher public stuff, I've not actually caught up on. I've they they kind of did a, a weird thing where they wanted it to be accessible to everyone, but they almost made it so complicated. Yeah, I think I thought it was too complicated. They just needed to simplify it a bit. And I think they've learned that with um, Phase 2, which went back in time. I think they have kind of learned a lesson. But mm. for someone like me that's a massive timeline nerd, yeah. I, I've spent too many hours mapping it out page by page between different mediums just because that's what i do <laughs> and then i guess the next step in the evolution of the higher republic is is obviously acolyte and then the 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 what you call it the eclipse game which is supposed to be called that's mm-hmm. never coming out that's, that's yeah. like, <laughs> that game is that. never coming out it's it never coming to. out it we've to. said it before it's never coming out oh, i really mm. wanted to come out so let's go back to music yeah. uh i want to talk about clones yeah so i was around 2005 Let's uh, break it down for our listeners a bit. So clones, again, you would have heard this in our music episode. So it's a... How best to describe it? It's not a tie-in song. It didn't feature him again. It's inspired by the Republic Commando game. I think it's actually in the um, the credits of the game. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's in... It's, it's in Republic Commando, like, in the sort of, like, the... In the... You know, like, the... When they have the menus and stuff. Right, yeah. 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 And then if you go to the credits, and it'll play in there, I think. Oh, nice. Yeah. So we got approached by Activision, who were... We got approached by Activision UK. We They just knew that we were, like, you know, Star Wars nerds or whatever. Because of the enemy um, photo shoot. <laughs> well, because of... Yeah, because of that. And then, I, I, I guess, just going to, like, premieres and doing interviews and talking about it all the time and they were just and that we'd also you know i said kind of said earlier we'd done the phantom menace rap party and there was a bunch of other stuff we'd done and what, what was it just going to skywalker ranch a couple of times we played for ilm and out in in, in san francisco or at ilm itself whenever we were out in the west coast tour we had a day off and they just invited us we actually went and hung out at skywalker ranch Stayed there, and then um, played for oh. ILM, and played oh. for like. So that was that was that was another bug. Let's take. Like, and um, like, how how do you deal with that as a human being? <laughs> like, how, how do you how do you not just melt? Yeah, it was pretty cool. And um, <laughs> I like Mark. I, I very much appreciate how humble you are about this whole piece. Yeah, I guess it was, that was pretty cool because for all of us other Star Wars like 
fans were like, how the hell did that even like happen? How do we make that my my life? But you're like, yeah. oh yeah, of course. I just went there a couple times. It's like no big deal. <laughs> so um, it was yeah. Actual Activision approached us and they said, here's there's this there's, there's this game that's going to be about like Republic Commandos or it's you know it's mm. like a it's a squad based shooter kind of thing. And they were like, do you have any music that that you think that, that could fit with it? And we and we completely by chance was not planned had a song which was called clones it was a de- at a demo f- stage for like the album that we were in the process of writing mm-hmm. and so we played in the demo and they were like and it's quite a he- it's quite a heavy songs with heavier than what we usually play and um it's like real big sort of like detuned riff so it's like really like you know oh it's, it's a banger per- it's perfect for like shooting you know for just yeah. going on a killing spree and uh, <laughs> and <laughs> So they were like, they heard the song and they were like, this is fantastic. We want you guys to record it properly. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, we just recorded it. So the song was, was already called Clones when you yeah. presented it to them. Yeah, it wasn't. Oh, and, wow. And again, the lyrics had nothing to do with Star Wars. But it just <laughs> but it, but it, it just fits. Fit. It really fits. Yeah. So we did that and then we ended up playing like a launch party for the game. And that was in like London. And then after that, we it was actually it was before the launch party. That's whenever we went out and did like state state at Skywalker Ranch, and then they had, I guess it was a bit later on that they had the Revenge of the Sith. Like like they had a media day at at the ranch where they invited all like MTV and like a bunch of like American celebrities and stuff. They all went there. Macaulay Culkin was there and. I think what's her name, Mila Kunis or something. He was seeing her at the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, her. She was like, so I was like, weird. I had this like, so in Skywalker Sound, they've got like a at the Rancher Skywalker Sound, which is separate, and they've got like a theater there, like best like sound system in it, and it was all like, you know, MTV people and celebrities and and them, and I, I was like sat right in front of them. Was kind of like turning around, going, "Oh my god, it's it's Kevin from Home Alone." Uh, <laughs> <That's> amazing. <laughs> and we were like watching, you know, Revenge of the Sith for the first time it's before so, it was so released. Surreal. Yeah, so it, was, surreal. It, was, it was cool. And um, so yeah, I mean, there, lots of things like that happened, that which were, and that was all like still when George was the boss, and then he was there that day as well. So we got like. Hang out and talk. It was like really quite intimidating when you try to talk. Try you, when you're truly tr- tr- introduced to George and you're trying like spark up a conversation. It was like okay, so yeah, we uh we just did some music for like Republic Commando. Was a computer game just came out and he's like okay, and then just like, <laughs> and then just looks at you, and then you're like uh, uh okay, <laughs> yeah, super I mean, awkward. What do you say to him, right? And it's when especially when it's such a thing that. Not only you're a big fan of, but it's it has like helped Honestly, I don't think in a he way propelled your career, right? So. I don't think he. I don't think he even. It wasn't. It was not on his radar. Do you know what I mean? Right. So it was completely beneath him. So yeah. Yeah, like, what was the like, big deal for us was probably just like uh, okay, right, whatever. Oh, no. <laughs> oh man, yeah. But it was great. It was great. I mean, because I met met him a couple of times, and then we all. So I think I was about to ask how many times exactly you've. You know, being in the same room as Joe Lucas. 
we met him at the um the rap the, or not the rap party. We met him at the um the launch party at in Piccadilly Circus or not Piccadilly Circus, Leicester Square for the special editions. They had a huge party to launch those in London. So he was there. Yeah, they night. were a big deal. They were mad. That party was huge. Um, the first one especially, and then again at the rap party on set for the Phantom Menace, and then at Skywalker Ranch. So that was three times, yeah. So let's try and uh, bring it back in then. So the stuff I spoke about at the beginning of the episode, yeah, was watching you guys play at a celebration unofficial after party at the cantina show at the O2. Yeah. Second time you've done it, so you played you played at the after party in 2016 as well, which was the last time it was in London. Yeah, so it's like, like I guess we just wanted to throw like big party after celebration. Celebration, in the US they always have like big five first bashes and stuff and there was nothing comparable I would say, in the UK, certainly for the first time in 2016. So we hired out like the Brooklyn Bowl venue in the O2, and did and put on our own like big party, and it was it went really well. And then whenever we saw Celebration was coming back this year, we hired a place three times the size and and did it again, but just like raised the bar, <laughs> and it was like it was really fantastic night. It was brilliant. And uh, I mean, as far as gigs go, so. I it was think... one of the most fun shows I've ever been at. Really? I think it was the first time I've ever seen you guys. I I could possibly have caught you at a festival in the nineties. Okay. But the nineties are a blur and I went to a lot of festivals. Yeah. And saw a lot of bands. Um But I think that was the first time I've seen you at your own headline show. Yeah. Yeah. And I went there with uh a couple of uh a couple of uh colleagues here at Utini um one guy who I'd only met because he was part of an amazing academic panel about Andor and those guys had never heard of your band and they were right. bouncing the whole time and yeah. the whole set I was honestly one of the best nights of my life as far as music gigs go because it was incredible like yeah we, you, we put a lot of on form yeah, we, I mean, obviously, we'd be just been out on tour around Australia and Japan and New Zealand and stuff. So we actually had been, that was like the last show of a run of shows. So we were like, we were on, we were well rehearsed and like knew what we yeah. were. And so that was, it was good timing as far as that goes. But then we also put in a lot of production for that show. So there was. Oh, yeah. I mean, you had, um, so Blues Harvest were on. And if no one's heard of Blues Harvest. Oh, they were brilliant. They play Star Wars themes live in a. How best? How best to explain them? Um, they're they're not a parody band because they're not like no not jokey, but like, not they, at all. they play the they play a lot of sort of like the theme music and stuff, and then yeah. they, mm-hmm. and then do it. And like they kind of add it. a prog rock element. So like Beth, their rendition of the Mandalorian theme is yeah, yeah, it's really good. banging. It's incredible. <laughs> and then they and had he, Mike and Quinn Nick up there. Broken doing... Shore is um the one of the artists, artists yeah. the Dark Horse. Mm-hmm. No, they're fantastic. They're a fantastic band, and they're good friends as well. They're great guys. And they and the Darth Elvis was up there playing his last ever performance. Yes, yes, yeah, and that was. And they that, stuck him in. That was incredible. 
stuck him in carbonate and they had and then we had a lot of going on in the video screens as well and uh yeah and then the, the, and then the whole and the stage, stage setting and everything was was amazing Ugh. yeah we had like the whole the whole stage was themed out like it was tatooine like a cantina and stuff it was uh it was re- really good and all, all right. the all the high republic writing team were all there i saw kevin scott and charles soul and george man they were all there and yeah it, it was a hell of a night yeah, on all the podcasters and all the YouTubers that were all there, it was like, yeah, it was, it was like, it, 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 our plan was to make it like the best party of the weekend, and I think we sort of like oh, knocked yeah, out of the Yeah, you part. definitely succeeded <laughs> at that. Amazing. Well, thank you for making me feel like I really missed out on this. Oh, no, you did. There. You absolutely did. <laughs> I'm just like jealous over here hearing about all of it. <laughs> we had, we had like Ewoks on stage drumming, and we had like, um, yeah. Uh, Death Star sort of... balloons. We had big, we had... Big, infl- big inflatable Death Stars, which were yep. like, you know, yeah. And we handed out about a hundred inflatable lightsabers, and and then Brian Cannon, who is like the puppeteer for BB, and he's done like a million of our aliens and stuff. He yeah. he was like the host, and then he had a. I jumped out. Of, I jumped into the mosh pit, and like we had like a like a duel off like lightsaber fight in the middle of the show. Oh my god! Did it, you... it really like... was a hell of a gig. Like for all, all all the props and all that, is that coming from you, or how did that even like? Oh no, we worked came with, with the, the idea. We worked with like the costuming groups. So yeah. we had UK Gar- We had Joker Squad, which is like a UK costuming group, mm-hmm. and they do like a lot of like step bills and stuff. So yeah. they actually came and th- it was like a race against time during the day, bringing okay. the whole thing in like at twelve o'clock, and then building the set like before doors. Fantastic. So so that was like. And then, then we, I think we had about like between forty and fifty different costumed, um, you know, people from the, from either Joker Squad or the UK Garrison or the Five First. So they all like uh-huh. you know brought people along, and there was you know collecting buckets for charity, and oh. it was like it was like just great event. And, and then really every because cool. Elton John was playing in the O2 in the main hall, and then we had hired out the Indigo, which mm-hmm. holds like three thousand. And so a lot of like Elton John's fans were like walking through the 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 sort of like the walk the inside of the O2 like seeing all these like mm-hmm. all these characters outside and giant <laughs> line and you know what's going on here. That's so great. did you um did you actually attend celebration itself? Were you there for? Oh yeah, all, I was there. The whole I, was there I was there so, the whole weekend. Yeah. So what was your what was your favorite part? Did you go to many panels? What? What was the best thing about the weekend for you, apart from the, no. the main panel? The first, the opening panel was like obviously it's really good. Um, seeing all the trailers and the footage because it's some of the some of the trailers they didn't they only showed it in the room. Yeah, so, yeah. So some of those trailers they'll haven't you know haven't apart. I mean, if you really want to find them, they're on forum or like Reddit. The people have linked them and you know, but they get pulled down. Like the Acolyte trailer, and there was another one for Andor, and there was. So I, I missed the Acolyte one, but I went to the High Republic publishing uh, right. panel, and they showed it there because they oh, revealed okay. that Vanessa Rowe from the comics and books is a part of the show as well. And then you know the showrunner came out to explain this, and so I was actually okay. really glad to see that because that looks incredible. That trailer. Yeah, that trailer does look really good. It does. I'm looking forward to that. And uh, I think I think the interest in the higher public once that show drops is going to be a lot more. Because you I have mean, to remember, I know I know you guys obviously focus on like publishing in the books and comics, 
but that's still like for the mean the wider audience that's like a, still like a niche oh 100 percent. yeah, yeah. And that's that's kind of what we do is try to make it accessible we've literally just published a like a high republic reading order yeah to say you should read this book this graphic novel this short story here yeah because to make it as it's as not as necessarily like clear anywhere else and you know, it's not necessarily the the chronological place to read it but the place that makes most sense to read it because we know that it's not a lot always of... clear to fans that's yeah that's kind think... of entirely what we do I think once that show comes, a lot of people are going to be like going back and trying to like educate themselves on on all of the literature, you know. Yeah, hundred percent. And as as a website, that that's kind of our entire mission is to to help people enjoy this stuff because we enjoy it and we know it's complicated. <laughs> so yeah, it's, let's it's try like, to make like, it easier. It's like it's. I think it's like Joy Game of Thrones had like just so many houses and so many characters that it was like hard to keep track of it like, whenever yeah. you first started watching it took me like four seasons right well higher public, higher public is that like time it seemed well from someone who's like dab dab put put their toe in the water yeah it feels like it's even way way it's like five times worse than yeah. game of thrones oh it can be it really can be <laughs> Yeah, was, I mean, I think in Game of Thrones, at least to me, when I was watching the series, what was really confusing was that you don't know who to pay attention to. And then all of a sudden, like, Stannis Baratheon is someone they're like, oh, wait, hold on. I needed to know who he was because now yeah, he's they, like a main player. Um, yeah, they, whereas... they just kill off the main players every season. <laughs> exactly. Whereas in, in High Republic, I think everyone is given, like, from the get-go, a level of importance. And then you're like, so then it's, hard because you don't i mean everyone is important so you don't re- and and not you know some people i guess die but not a lot of our main guys right and mm-hmm. so i've yeah i've also found it a little hard to keep track of them um even though i've read a good amount of the novels at least i one of the things about the higher public which for me is like a bit of a challenge is the aesthetics mm-hmm. of it yeah, because I like I lo- obviously I just love the sort of like the old, the, the sort of like yeah, it's um, very shiny. The lived in kind of like wrecked kind of like yes, aesthetic of like Star Wars as I've always known it. Yeah, and everything in the High Republic seems very pristine and like yeah, like almost like something from sort of like 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 a lot of the illustrations, not not so much in the comics, but like the cover art. Yeah, they look like they're like almost like religious book covers or but, something uh, i do I like even... that as a kind of in-universe deterioration of the galaxy because of you know the the destruction that the empire has right wrought yeah i, I can see yeah i can see where it, yeah that's sort of like so the higher public is like them is the galaxy at its sort of like Eat yeah, that was before it all went to shit basically right, <laughs> So, like, yeah. What what about the the sequel trailer game? So, a, a million miles away, you know, as someone who grew up with the OT as much as I did, yeah. What are your What are your thoughts on those last three films? Um, um and I know I know it's controversial. It's a safe um, space. We all have our thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I I really was fully on board with Force Awakens. 
And I kind of rolled my eyes whenever it was another Death Star. I was like, really? Can you not come up with something a bit different? <laughs> and that was like, I mean, but it, that was but probably it was all my, right. Yeah, you, yeah that you was could, my main. Like, yeah. I, I thought, I thought, okay. I mean, I really like Kylo Ren as a character. And I thought Ray was, I thought Ray was fine. And I, I, I liked, I, I, I was totally on board with The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. I was, I think I was a bit confused by it in that yeah. I, I went, I went and watched The Force Awakens like four times on the first day. Yeah. <laughs> I just kept going back while like I didn't really have that same feeling with The Last Jedi. And then um, I think it was one of those ones that, that I kind of like probably thought it was great initially. And yeah. then it kind of like unraveled a bit. Um, I thought it looked stunning, and I liked some of. The, I loved some of the sort of like weird scenes with the mirror cave and stuff. And uh, then other parts of it didn't make any sense to me, like the. Um, I'm trying to think where I'm going with this. <laughs> I mean, uh, the last Jedi continues to be. Divisive. Very, very divisive. Yeah, I mean, I'm, um, I'm on board. I, I think it. I I'm think not one it's of the people genius. who's. I'm not one of the haters like that kind no. of thing. But it just, it didn't. Um, well, there was something I'm trying to remember what my main gripe was. Oh yeah, I didn't. I hated whenever um, Yoda apparently used lightning to come down and like yeah. set the tree on fire. Because yeah, that to yeah, me yeah. was like that to me was like hold on a minute. So a force ghost can inter- interfere <laughs> interfere with the living force, like you know, the, not yeah, just the Ben force. Kenobi sat on a log, right? Yeah, but I, <laughs> yeah, sorry, I, that's, I, that's always that. my go-to. <laughs> yeah, sitting sitting on a log is different. He's not. He's sitting. It's on interacting that, whereas, with the real world. No, but causing like the force to strike down on a thing. Is different yeah, that, than sitting that like using. Me, that made me think: Why couldn't Force Ghost just have killed Vader or Palpatine? Like that? It's, like, it's like the whole. Yeah, actually, that's a from, really valid point. It just, exactly. It, it just broke everything for me. I was like, I can't yeah. do that. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, it could have just I been mean, coincidence. Because sitting but sitting some, on a log is like sta- is like walking on Earth, you know, on the soil or whatever. Yeah. But actually. Did, <laughs> Then it started making me think, oh, did Luke really not hit that torpedo shot in the Death Star, or was it Obi-Wan using his Force Ghost mm. to push it in? And things, I just didn't like the where it led me to, and there was a few other things in it that I was like, I didn't like the, the saber toss and, and kind of like, I I, I, like, I thought the end of the movie was good, whenever Luke did the Force projects and stuff, I thought that was good, but I yeah. sort of like didn't really like the middle bit. But then again, there's 30 years that we haven't seen in between. So we, if, if there's a lot more context of, of how he ended up on Act Two, then it could have been like more. It was sort of like the flippant toss over the shoulder, like as if it was like a comedy thing. I, yeah. Yeah. I got it. And then, and then I think, while the Rise of Skywalker's got some good individual scenes like the tie fighter across the sand you know like art titles stuff like that like i it's got certain things which are like eye candy it's a real patchwork mess and just i thought it was pretty poor yeah yeah and and you know our across our whole team 
you know, we're we're very accepting of the fact that you know, Rise of Skywalker could have been better. Isn't a, isn't a very good film. Well, I think, and it, I think it, it, it pains us to say it. You know, we don't like tried, to say it, but yeah. They tried, it's just they tried not it, that good. It seemed like JJ just tried to undo what Ryan had done, even if Ryan. Yeah. And I mean, there was that one line whenever he, whenever Force Ghost Luke said something about, um, which contradicted what was in the Last Jedi, and it was like yeah. it seemed to be like just like a bit slap back. You know what I mean? It yeah. was like, well, I, I mean, think, yeah. yeah, and that I did. I kind of liked. I didn't have a problem with Palpatine coming back. Yeah, and uh, never because because we've all read Dark Empire. But <laughs> you know, exactly, it works exactly. So it was lifted out of Dark Empire. But the thing they should have done, which I saw in one of the fan edits on YouTube or something, was that they should have had all those Force Ghosts like supporting Ray at the at the end. Yes, yeah, and then it would have tied the whole saga together. Otherwise, I mean, without that, it was just another. It was a separate trilogy to me. It wasn't yeah. like why I don't know why they call it the Skywalk. At the, the end of the Skywalker saga because it was really you needed Anakin there at the end of it. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, it, it's that's why it's, that's why I like to call it more the Palpatine saga because it's really more about his <laughs> rise and <laughs> to power and then yeah. him rule, ruling and then his like granddaughter taking over. And so it's like I think it's more yeah. about the Palpatines and the Skywalkers in this story. Yeah, I didn't I didn't have a problem with Ray taking the name Skywalker. I mean, like I think I think. I see a lot of people get really offended by that, and I just don't really understand that because it's like yeah. you know, found family and like you don't not not being sort of like defined by your bloodline is is a good message, I think. Yeah. Um, so I didn't have a problem with that, but it was not. Yeah, it, it could have been way better. Um, but but I see for me rather than being like getting super upset and bitter about the things that I didn't like with Secret Trilogy. I was like, for me, like the, whenever Mando, the, you know, the Mandalorian TV show started, yeah. for me, that is like the best Star Wars since the original trilogy. It's better than the prequels. It's better than sequels. It is this, it's got more of the, certainly the first two seasons have got more of that magic from, from yeah. what the original trilogy had. And I thought, yeah. I, I actually thought the solo movie had a bit of that as well. It was fun didn't take itself too seriously and mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. just and i guess that 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 first episode whenever the the reveal of like baby yoda that was just that was just like oh oh yeah yeah this is well, like I mean, this is like peak star wars this is what i've been waiting yeah. for you know well it's 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 stripped down right back to basics yeah. and back to what you know the westerns that and and the samurai movies that inspired yeah. the original series and i think that's what they did right with that you know initially with that show which was yeah. like you know what is star wars really about and it's about this kind of like it's that kind of storytelling right what, so what and what blew my mind about that episode was seeing ig11 actually in action and see him walking in you know and and just like cuz we'd only seen like IG uh, idiot as a yeah. sort of like just standing there on the <laughs> on the bridge of the Death Star. We'd never yeah. seen him like never seen a robot really kicking ass oh, like yeah. that. So, and, like, he that was, uh, and he was and he was stop phenomenal. motion too, right? Like they like they they it was stop motion animation for him, which was uh, also I, very much like uh, in the original movies. Yeah, I mean, I I'm not 100. I don't. I'm not. I, I yeah. didn't. They show that in the in the did they show how they did that in the gallery? I can't remember. I can't remember. I'm, I'm sure there was a lot of CG 
in there as I'm well. I'm sure, but there mm. there was just a little bit of the jerky kind of like movement, and I know there's there's like that sequence when um what's his name the uh the guy that retrained him, um, Quill. Quill, yeah, like that se- whole sequence. The movements of IG Eleven are very jerky, which to me are very reminiscent of that kind of yeah, like old oh, like school. the montage sequence, whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. And so yeah. because it's so jerky, then it's like yeah, that's like stop motion animation, which is how they you know the original trilogy was filmed with like the monsters and stuff so it has that kind of like more tactile quality and when they mix that with like you know some newer technology like the the volume then it truly works when you try to rely entirely on the cg i think it takes away a little bit of that magic because it's you know i don't know there's just like it doesn't feel as grounded (laughs) to me whatever it was about four years ago actually it was yeah i was born about four years ago just before like a year before the pandemic we were out doing Mm -hmm. a tour in the west coast and a friend of mine was like, oh, do you want to come to Z Phil Tempett's uh, studio? And I was like, yeah, let's go. Oh, wow. So, um, so we went I went, we went, and sort of like hung out there for an afternoon. He was like super cool. Just let us hang out, see everything. They had all the, they have the old, um, you know, the, the Jarek monsters from the Falcon. Yeah. They got, oh the, they got the models in there of that. They have like, like Admiral Aquar's like latex head, whatever they oh, cast uh-huh. that off. They had a bunch of stuff. And he, he was like shooting... I sort of like a, I think it was like his own movie that he'd been doing for years called Mad God. And yeah, yeah, I've re- been reading about that. Yeah, yeah, he was doing like he was like filling and, and seeing how they set up the models with the cameras and stuff. It was like pretty incredible. And so I, I mean, was, I've, I was, I've, I've I've got to ask the question at this point: yeah. what's what's been the highlight of this whole career for you? Is it? Is it the musical being allowed this exposure to Star Wars? Because, <laughs> you know, it, talking to you, it's kind of it's kind of hard to figure it out. Is it the headline in Glastonbury, or is it going to Phil Tippett's house? Um, <laughs> um, let me think. Like, I mean, going, going Skywalker Ranch is pretty special, and like every and back then, everyone who worked there, like you could just feel. Uh, the the vibe there was that everybody was just loving the fact that they were working there. It was like, yeah, it was it was infectious. Just like, like obviously George was still the boss. It was very like independent. Everyone, it was, it was just like a sort of like a the best vibe of a workplace that I've ever I've ever been around. Um, so that was very that was very cool to witness that and then but i mean highlight i completely by fluke we were on a plane once flying back from la to new york and carrie fisher was just at the gate of the airport and she was on the same flight and she was obviously down in the you know business class first class or whatever it was and we were like we were all in, in cattle class down the back and billy lord was only like a like a, a a kid like a toddler at the time so i'm trying to think this is probably around 97 98 mm-hmm. and uh she was like running around up and down the aisles of the plane and carrie was she didn't have a nanny she was just following her around herself and i had i had my air to the amp comics on me at the time <laughs> i was reading them and i thought oh god god i I thought if I go up and ask her for an autograph and she says, no, it would be really embarrassing and everyone on the plane will see it. But I, <laughs> so, I sort of, 
so I sat there for like maybe an hour and a half, just sort of like trying to build up the courage. And then I just eventually, yeah. she was like, I could, she was, she was up in the aisle. It wasn't like I had to go in and interrupt her at her seat or anything, but she was yeah. already up and like chasing after Billy Lord. And then I, I, I just picked my moment and went up to her and said, oh, I'm really sorry. You get to do this. Would you mind signing this? And she was like, sure. And she like sort of stopped and asked me my name to sort of like itemize it. And she was like really, really. Oh, wow. Really cool. Like, I mean, she could have been like, she could have like just said, I've met other Star Wars people who, yeah. I'll not, I'll not say who they were, who have been very disappointing when you meet them in real life. But yeah. she was, she was perfect. She was just great. And then obviously I walked back to my seat, like with feeling like I'd won the lottery and everyone <laughs> in the plane was like, <laughs> Everyone on the plane looking at me going, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. That's a that's a great story. And I, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's amazing. So mm. um, before we wrap up then, Mark, yeah. let's tie it back into Ash. Let all our listeners know what's going on. What do you want to plug? Tours, releases. Yeah, what's so on the horizon? Just, so on the horizon, we've actually, well, there's going to be official announcements in the next few weeks about what is coming from us but we have recorded a lot of music and there, there has be been rumors of a whole double album coming up yeah so it'll be officially announced pretty soon <laughs> <laughs> there will be there will be one album Sorry, this, this, this one go out for a few weeks the announcement might, oh, okay, might okay. come before this if it, if it, yeah if the announcement comes before it there will be an album out in september there will be a single out in june there will be more singles before the album and then there will be a tour from October, November, December in Europe, and there will be more touring through into like 2024, and then there will be a second album coming out in before the festival season next year, and the touring will just continue through to the end of that year as well. So we're going to be very busy for the next two years. That's great. I mean, well, if you yeah. make it your way out to uh, the uh, California, then I'll definitely have to go come and check you guys out. <laughs> yeah, hopefully we'll get back right there. Um, yeah, we just signed a new record contract with um, Fierce Panda, who are like a quite hit label from the UK. So I think might license out to someone in the states. So hopefully that will happen. Fantastic. All right. Well, Trev, is there uh, any any other questions you have in here for uh, Mark? Has already been pretty gracious with his time, so I, don't I mean, but keep him. <laughs> this this has been amazing. <laughs> Top notch. I've loved every second of this conversation. Awesome. Thanks. Okay. So bear with me because it's still going to be a, a little long. But, um, okay. If you, for some reason, you haven't just, well, this is the outro segment because sometimes <laughs> I introduce the segments. Okay. Um, outro. If for some reason, dear listeners, you haven't done this yet, make sure to join our Discord where we have a very active community there sharing their thoughts on the latest episode of whatever Disney uh, show on Disney Plus. Reading along the newest book release, selling their books on collectibles, and sharing their artwork and fanfic. Most importantly, that is where you can get the latest news and discuss anything Star Wars archives. If you haven't joined, head on over to utina.com slash discord and click the join now button on that page. Also want to thank our um, everyone listening to us and supporting us through either Patreon subscriptions or getting some of our merch. If you'd like to help us out as well, go get your Star Wars inspired merch on utina.com slash merch. And also go to patreon.com slash utini. And when you become a member, not only do you get access to all of our episodes one week or two weeks in advance, you also get a bunch of other utini member exclusive 
Uh, exclusives. Trev, where can people <laughs> find you and any plugs you want to do? And then we'll do the same with you, Mark. So I am at David Todd on Twitter. We are at Star Wars Archives on Twitter. Although there was this whole thing where Elon Musk is closing down alternate accounts now. So we may all get locked out. Um, so before Jose gives his usual sign off, Mark, where can we find you? And do you have any objections to us closing out the show with clones? Oh, not at all. That would be great. Um, so <laughs> you can find our band account on uh, official dot or com, or on, I think on Instagram, it's ash1977. Um, on Twitter, it's probably the same. I don't do Twitter. It's I hate Twitter. Ash official on Twitter. Is it Ash official? Okay, there you go. Um, personally, I'm I'm on Instagram under Darth Mark H, and <laughs> yeah, that's that's where that's where I am. And this right. has been absolutely incredible. Thank you so much, Mark. I'm not sure that you knew what you were getting into when you <laughs> agreed to this, but it's been great. I hope you've enjoyed actually. Being able to talk real Star Wars and you know, oh yeah, it's fun. It's fun just, chat, just hanging out and chat. <laughs> <laughs> All Thanks, right. Me. See you later. Well, no, oh, yeah, very welcome, thank you, Mark. And uh, yeah, thank you, Trev. Thank you to all of our Patreon members again, and very much thank you, Mark, for coming on. And um, yeah, with that, and I can I can say uh, radio out.